Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Scott Casper with you. Tony Wink back in his chair. Back from Baja. Baja. Yeah, sitting to my left. He didn't race baja he rode baja for two exciting weeks of fun in the sun and sweat it wasn't too bad actually we we rode the entire peninsula we rode down from from Takati down to cabo san lucas and then flew my chicken and we, we hung out and partied for a week it was pretty good right and uh did Blue your wife, bikes up your wife stay home then or that's who i call well we're not technically married we didn't actually get married in cabo but uh we if Why we not? were going to do that we would have done Why it like not? 10 years ago well, she doesn't like me that much. No, she doesn't. And if so, why wasn't I invited? I've seen her Facebook post. <laughs> she doesn't post. Instagram. Yes, she does. <laughs> does she? I guess yeah. I'll follow her or whatever. She, she Pictures of the baby. Yeah, right. So I, I roached a, a, the first day, second uh, second day, yeah. they left me. I was, I was... What did you break now? So I broached this, uh, had this KTM 500, and I, those things will go 105 stock, full tuck down hills, and uh, the tire come apart on me. Oh, we've were, seen this before. Were you leaning back on the tire? Shut up. So I'm just asking it a was, question. It was funny. It was just like when we raced the Baja 500 last summer. There was no knobbies. All you could see is cords. It was, it was pretty awesome. Pulled the thing in, and they're like... <laughs> You need to change that. And I go, actually, I don't think so. I think I'm going to run it this way for the rest of the day. So we did. And then um, ended up on a XR650R, which I really like that bike. It, it actually works really well in the desert out out there. It just slobbers through everything. And it's it's really good. So I rode that bike. And uh, that's what I finished it out and blew the tranny up on that. And then um, luckily we were pretty close to Cabo. And then I ended up in one of those Can-Am X3 Four seaters, dude. Those things are insane. How the abuse those things take. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure they're smooth in the desert too. Just, so you don't good. Feel anything. They're they're too big for anything here, but in the in the desert out in Baja, they're they're so good. That voice, uh, of course, uh, Tony Wink, as I said, returns to the studio back with me again this week. Roman Avila, uh, Roman, it's good to have PJ Duran sitting to your left, my right. Sure is. PJ, you were in San Francisco. Yes, staying admiring. at the famed Fairmont Hotel high atop Knob Hill. I did not. Wow. Uh, that sounds wonderful. I stayed at a beautiful place called Le Meridian in the Embarcadero, the financial district. It was wonderful. That's right by the ferry known building. As the Motel Six. <laughs> yeah. We did get a Super Eight in Santa Cruz. That was as close to the Motel Six. <laughs> did you ride? Did you surf? What'd you do? Uh no. We did a fair bit of hiking, a lot of sightseeing, went up to Alice's restaurant. I would say that was How one was of that? the highlights. That was super cool on Skyline Bowl. Boulevard. that was really cool uh big sur was beautiful uh just enjoying the pacific it was wonderful pacific northwest especially from that point on up north is just gorgeous glad you're back uh big show on tap tony who are the guests that we can expect on the program absolutely we're gonna have cooper webb who's in the, the on hold right now waiting on us really excited to talk to him we haven't talked to him since he made the switch to the orange bike which really is ktm is the dream team now the, the it used to be it honda sure become that way yeah. yeah and and ktm is now the, the team that Cooper Webb is on is the team that everybody wants to race for. Also, Kurt Nicole is on. Uh, Danny Walker is going to be on. Then we have uh, some road racing guys. We have David Anthony, Jeff May, and Chuck Axlin from uh, Crave, obviously. So 
pretty good lineup, actually. And I take zero credit because I was in Mexico and I did none of it. Well, you did none of it last week or the week before either. So True. Used it. <laughs> uh, let's go to Cooper Mr. Webb, our very first guest. Cooper, how are you? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, man. We we missed you last week. We were going through Cooper Webb withdrawal. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. We only had 20 minutes to fill. <laughs> well, we made it. We made it. We did. We yeah. Did. A- 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 ably so. Yeah, we sure did. Coop, I want to say congrats on the ride. I know it's a little little late. I mean, we've it's kind of old news to you, but uh, pretty cool. Like I said in the opening, we, uh, you know, KTM seems to be the, the dream team now. It used to be Honda back in the day, and you growing up on a mini bike on Hondas, you know, that uh, – you know, it's hard to imagine that KTM would be what it is today, but it really is the team that everybody wants. How's the new surroundings down there at the Baker factory? Yeah, thank you for, for all that. No, it's, <laughs> uh, it is. You know, I think um, they've obviously had some great success in the past, and uh, especially the last, you know, I'd say really the five last five years is, is a complete uh, turnaround, you know, from, you know, maybe 10 or, or 15 years ago, maybe so. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good opportunity for myself to, you know, be on the just Red Bull KTM team with Roger and the guys there, and then also uh, working with with Elvin and and doing this program here in Florida. So yeah, it's, uh, a lot of change, but so far it's been really good. We uh, we were talking about this off air, Roman and me about uh, Roman and I about. Uh, the the switch to Alden Baker and and being down there riding with those guys and being pushed by those guys and uh, you know your competitors basically in that premier class um, the what you were doing before you know for whatever reason didn't didn't translate into uh, the finishes that we know that you're capable of on the mm-hmm. 450 you come off of a you know super successful 2000 uh, what was it 2017 250 class where you won both the indoors and outdoors so you're you know you go to the 450 and it was it was absolutely lackluster it wasn't what we'd we'd it just wasn't exciting it wasn't cooper webb and and you're a little badass and we expect you to do better than what you did and you didn't so here you are on a ktm and i'm pretty excited for you is that have i kind of am yeah, i out of line nah, in any of that no i'm absolutely not it's uh yeah you know the my rookie year was was one thing, you know, a learning curve for sure, to say the least. Had a few injuries, and uh, but yeah, last year was tough. You know, I think um, I, I once again, I unfortunately had some injuries that uh, didn't allow me to finish either season. And um, you know, I've, I've after two years of, like you said, not the results I wanted. I felt like it was really time for a change on on all, all aspects. You know, I. Um, and KTM showed interest um, for a while, you know, so that was pretty nice. And um, we had had, you know, a few discussions here and there, and, you know, they, they were interested. So, uh, you know, once once things kind of got later in the year where you start negotiating and all that stuff, I was, I was really happy to, you know, make the switch. I think for me it's more of a fresh start. It's, um, you know, like you said, that's the biggest thing is what I was doing before didn't seem to be working as well as I had liked it to. So uh, sometimes, you know, you need you need that to, to open your eyes and realize you need a change. Cooper, uh, I read your uh, your interview on Racer X, um, you know, and I, 
and I read that, you know, you, you look at this as a, a great maturing uh, aspect to uh, your career, and I applaud you for that, for openly saying that, hey, this is going to help. No, because a lot of guys, and you know this, a lot of guys won't say, hey, look, this is going to be a great opportunity for me, yeah. not just as a racer, but as a person to mature, to grow. That's a great point. To develop as a as a a person and a racer. Um, Absolutely. You know, and, and like you said, and and Tony and I were talking about this before, but you know, jump into a team that's invested a lot of money and resources into what's become the premier program. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Dungey went the same direction, you know. He didn't yeah. it wasn't working for him. He jumped to Alden, which had worked for Villapoto, worked for Carmichael. But uh now you've got this big conglomerate of of A class riders, you know. Yeah. And how has that really worked for you? Has it has it been an adjustment to to riding with all these guys on a daily basis or has yeah. it been has it been more fun i'd say both um you know so i've been taking it as a positive you know i think it has been a huge adjustment you know in the past i never you know i, w- I would ride with with guys but um you know never at the the 450 level so for me not only riding with guys at the 450 level but riding with you know, arguably two of the three best guys in the class every day and um, being around, you know, being around them and sort of learning from them, but also just, like you said, that the speed they have, you know, the, the race knowledge, the, you know, all that stuff, just being around it and, you know, learning from it every day has been, for me, uh, an adjustment for sure, you know, and really pushing myself and, um, you know, it makes the days tough, that's for sure. But uh, it's also been a fun thing because it, it's really a, a whole new change for me. And, and I can see, you know, even though it's at a, as hard as it may be, I am seeing progress and I'm seeing that it will be worth it, you know, come January. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, like you said, that, that maturing point and all that, I think it's a great group of people, you know, regardless of results. Yes, they've all had the best results in the sport, you know, with Alden and Roger and, you know, even Ryan Dungey's part of the team as kind of a mentor and stuff. So not only on the results base, but just uh, it's kind of, the, in my opinion, it's the, the group of people you definitely want to be around. And for me, you know, I just turned 23 last week, so I feel like I'm obviously very young and have a lot to learn and I uh, can gain a lot of knowledge and on all aspects, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited and uh, just looking forward to you know doing doing a good off season these next well I guess I guess really month and a half now and uh, just kind of see where we're at in Anaheim and and use this year to really hopefully get back to uh, you know the the coop that I know is in there. So uh, we're talking with Cooper Webb, who's part of the Red Bull KTM team, the 450 Premier Class. And uh, so people know maybe if they don't they don't follow your program as closely, Coop. Uh, who are you training with on a daily basis down at the Baker Factory in Florida? And can you tell us who's a jerk and who's fun to deal with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome so far. Um, we train with Marvin Musk, or I train with Marvin Musk, and 
Jason Anderson and Jack Osborne. So, uh, you know, obviously all champions and all title contenders. And, uh, yeah, but no, so far it's been good. They've all been, Jason hasn't been here too much. He's mainly been in California, but, uh, it's been really cool to kind of get to know, you know, Marvin and Jack because I never really knew him before. So, I mean, uh, for me, it's been cool to kind of, not only them, but meet the mechanics, meet the track personnel, and and also to kind of meet. I always have kind of known all the guys on KTM, you know, just from around the pits, but actually getting to to know them, you know, on a personal level and stuff, it's it's been cool and um, you know a, a change, but it's always been good. Coop, how has it been the transition between Roger to Ian? Has that been pretty smooth? And how's it working with uh, with uh, your new mechanic? I, I hear yeah, he's definitely. worked for a couple of good guys in the past. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's been good. Honestly, you know, I think um, really not much has changed. You know, he had, Roger had told me he had kind of gotten a new title or whatever it was, and I, I still don't really know the proper term or whatever. But the man, uh, I think they just call him the yeah. man there. Yeah, yeah, it's just the man. But, uh, on on our end, it seems like nothing's changed, and that's what he had told me. He's like, yeah, I've taken on a new role, but nothing will change within the race team. You know, I think Ian now is, is the manager uh, of the team, but Roger is, I mean, just as involved as, and, as I know he is to be. You know, I and, still talk to him on a constant level, and he's, at the races, he's he's been, you know, good at Monster Cup and stuff, and right there, and you know, at the track with testing, everything. So, you know, I don't know uh, if that'll change or not, but so far it's been great. And, uh, yeah, working with Carlos has been, been awesome so far. He's got a lot of knowledge, and, yeah, he's had some great great results the past few years working with Dungey and uh, a bunch of other good riders. So, yeah, it's just, you know, that's what I kind of keep going back to, really, on, on all ends, um, mechanic, trainer, you know, team manager, mentor, everybody is just total top package. Top. And man, it's it's pretty exciting. So, um, I had another question for you. Now <laughs> we I started listening to you. Now I forgot it. But um, <laughs> how about this? Uh, when you were on Yamaha and uh, you and Barsha, we saw yeah. some fireworks on the track. I don't know if it was fireworks, but it was is fun to watch as a fan. It's entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he gave you. He didn't flip you off though. He just gave you like the one. Then like, he didn't actually flip you off. It didn't look like, but it was cool. The the photo that they posted, you were looking at him. <laughs> He's looking back at you. Uh, was that? Uh, how's that relationship there? You guys all right? Yeah, yeah, we're all good. Uh, How about that yeah. day. Yeah, had to be a little yeah, tense. We, we we had a few races every once in a while. I think one of the supercrosses, we had gotten into it a little bit and stuff. But I mean. You know, I've I've known Justin for a long time and have always really liked him and his family. Have always been really really nice and kind to me. So, you know, he we're both pretty uh, aggressive, I'd say, and and very competitive. Exactly. So, you know, I think um, you know, if anything, it 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 only happened maybe twice where we got really competitive stuff. you know, I think in that atmosphere it happens, but uh, yeah, as a teammate, he was he was always really cool, really nice, and um, you know, I felt like we always got along well. Were you at the wedding? 
No, no, I wasn't. But uh, did you get invited? I wasn't either. I wasn't invited. Wow, well, of, of all of us, I was the only one invited. That's oh, weird. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Shocker. You didn't yeah. go to England? Yeah, I was supposed to bring a, a baby giraffe and uh, a <laughs> yeah, spotted cow. Sure so he was. Those two things. Yeah, we didn't go. Mm-mm. Uh, so your, uh, your your next event, what are your thoughts on, on the races overseas, like the one in Australia that we just saw? Um, that, that thing looks super cool. I know we saw you at uh, Monster Cup, which was kind of your debut. <laughs> on the KTM, but what are your thoughts about racing overseas when, during the off season? Uh, for me, I, I always really enjoyed it. You know, uh, I haven't done, done many the last few years, but, uh, when I was 250 class, I did a lot and, uh, I always really liked it. And I, and this year I had the opportunity to go, but, you know, we felt like with the new bike and new program and everything that I, you know, needed to maybe stay stateside and dial everything in. So, you know, next year I'm really looking forward to picking one and maybe going with it. You know, I've done Australia, I've done the one at Paris, I've done Genoa, you know, so uh, it's, it's, I really enjoy it going over and seeing the different cultures and the different people and the fans are, are always really awesome and, and respectful and really enjoy us coming over there. So it's always fun events and for me, it's a good little warm-up. You know, it's not the same as racing here, but you, you kind of get uh, some testing and just that race race day kind of vibe, which I always enjoyed doing. Yeah, our own our own uh, Justin Brayton has said numerous times, uh, both in private to us and, and on the show, he loves racing year-round, uh, essentially, uh, aside from but the motocross. But he hates outdoors. <laughs> aside from the motocross stuff. As far yeah. as Supercross goes, um, because he just feels that it keeps him that much sharper and that, and that much more into it. And maybe yeah. as Justin has progressed in age, maybe that's what he, he has found that works for him. Yeah. Not not everybody's the same for sure. Um, but I, I notice that when around here in Iowa, we don't get a race year round, obviously, uh, yeah. or, or ride, you know, motocross essentially year round. Um, we'll go ride, but it's just icy and slick and snowy. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I just want to say congratulations on this new venture. I really hope it works out for you. I know we've we're all pulling for you and Amen. and hoping things uh, turn around for you because I know you're you're not you, you didn't leave Yamaha where you wanted to be, and and we're looking forward to seeing you back up on top of the box. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm going to do everything I can to, to do that. And I feel feel like I'm in a good good situation to turn things around, that's for sure. Coop, send us some stickers, will you? Yeah. Stickers. Sounds stickers. Good. Yeah, stickers. Decals, patches. Patches. Butt patches. Butt patches. Butt patches. <laughs> Red we'll put- yeah, for Guys, sure. We'll put them all over the walls here at the iHeart Studios. I'm sure they'll be, be very happy with us. <laughs> You've never seen walls more plain. Cooper, thank you so much for the time, brother. Yeah, thank you, guys. God that bless you. Best your family and everybody else, okay? Thank you, man. There we go. Cooper Webb to the showers. Kurt Nicole coming up. He's waiting in the wings. Nicole, really? Is it Nicole or Nicole? Nicole. Right? Nicole? I think so. All right. Uh, also, Danny Walker later on in this hour. Dave Anthony, Jeff May, and Chuck Axlin. 
uh, due up in hour number two. More with Tony Wink, Roman Avila, P.J. Duran. I'm Scott Casper. On behalf of Eddie Kulikamp and the entire family here at Front Porch uh, folks, Front Porch people, Front Porch media, we're glad you're with us. It's Pit Pass. Stay tuned. This is Davey Coombs, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF-R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin-engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the De Leon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The De Leons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the De Leons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack De Leon Construction. Serving Iowa since 1946. This is Chris T. McNeil. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Pin it to win it. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, welcome back. It is Pit Pass. Swell Vodka, six times distilled, six times filtered. Swell Vodka belongs in the well. Ask for it at a, well, your favorite spot. How about that? Swell Vodka, also by our friends at... uh, 
Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa. You know, I take a pause because every time I drive by there, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you go inside, and it's cooler and cooler and cooler. And the employees are happy, and the customers are happy because they're getting everything they want for Yamaha, Sea-Doo, Can-Am, Beta, KTM, and Polaris. And it's all under one roof at Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes. Can't make it there in person? Check them out online, hicklinpowersports.com. All right, thanks, Scott. We just finished up a conversation with Cooper Webb. And uh, our next guest is Kurt Nicole, who is a uh, one of the top riders in the Motocross Grand Prix World Championship during the late 80s and early 90s, and uh, has been uh, top FIM 500 World Championship rider. Just a bad dude. Bad dude. Uh, won 13 World Motocross Grand Prix, um, 17 ACU British National Championships. Um, what else? R- rode for the British Motocross as Nations team. Um, bringing the 13-year winning streak by the United States to an end. So thanks for that, Kurt. Um, <laughs> yeah, we really appreciate it. You hurt our feelings. Yeah. So uh, what else? Oh, and he raced Farley Castle this weekend, or excuse me, this this past fall, which I'm excited to talk to him about. And he's a uh, – I, I think he won the the 50-plus uh, the pro class out at Glen Helen at the World Vet Championship, which was like uh, last weekend, the weekend before. So we bring one now. Kurt, what's going on? Oh, good. Thank you very much. Um and yes, on all of those points, um, <laughs> I got suffered around Farley Castle as usual. Suffered around Glen Helen last weekend. Um, beautiful suffering. Well, uh, congratulations, and that's all the time we have for you. Thank you for being on. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a good one. Yeah, good enough. Yeah, Can't pretty much covered everything breaking, for you. <laughs> breaking that thirteen-year streak. Can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah, let's let's do. Actually, let's do talk about that because that's. That's uh, pretty neat, I think. That uh, you know, not so much as an as an American, but just the the story that the Americans have had dominated for over a decade, and then you guys, you know, brought that to an end. Talk about that. What an experience that was. Uh, it was it, it was the greatest experience of my career, but because um, it was completely unexpected that uh, thirteen year domination uh, was expected to continue, um, and if anyone was going to break it, it certainly wasn't the British. And we, we had a an underdog team. I, I guess I probably wasn't an underdog on the 500 at that time, but uh, the other two team members were Rob Herring, who was a great rider, but very up and down. And then Paul Malin, who'd never ridden the 125. And he he completely dominated and won both his races, beating Emig comfortably and passing him in both races. And... um. Yeah, it was it was incredible experience, and you know, one that we'll never forget. I mean, as Britons, we haven't won it since. Um, came close, not really. Yeah, I mean, we came close on our home soil when Anthony won both races last year. Um, I don't think we're really strong enough as a nation now uh, to expect to win it in the next couple of years. Um, but you know, one day we will. Kurt, can you comment on on uh, the the current state of motocross in the United States for for our top level guys versus the Europeans? There's been, you know, we just assume that we're going to kick butt, you know, when we're on U.S. soil at Redbud this year, and it was really quite the opposite. They got whooped, and the track didn't look anything like it does at an outdoor national. However, I don't think that was the case. I th- I don't think that was the the determining factor, but. Can get, I mean, I'm assuming you have an opinion on this, having been a former Motocross's Nations rider and, and winner of this. 
I certainly do, and I and I was uh, in Red Bud um, and watched it all go down. Um, a fantastic event, by the way. I mean, even if the result was bad for America, I mean, a, a really great event despite the weather. Um, so, I mean, I think that the you know uh, had the Americans, specifically Tomac or Plessinger got good starts, it would have been a completely different story. You know, I, I don't think that um, it was as bad as it looked. I mean, if you got a good start around there and you weren't filled in on the first lap and you weren't, you know, goggles full of mud and sand, then, um, you know, you could do a lot, lot better. I still think if Eli had got out front, they'd have had a hell of a job to catch him up. Um, they didn't, and it looked terrible. And I do believe that probably the best motocross rider in the world right now is Jeffrey Hurlings. Um, but the gap is nowhere near as bad as it looked at Red Bull. And, you know, if you went to a, another national motocross track that's in the series, I mean, it completely, a completely different story. It was a bad day. Um, all the riders had a bad day. They didn't get good starts and they just didn't have a good day. Um, the merit, but everything's evened up. Back in our day, um, and it's difficult to remember now because things have moved on so quickly. I mean, we we had no real way of checking each other out, so there was a big difference between Americans and Europeans. I, my first ever trip to the U.S., I came over here to California to race the Carlsbad Grand Prix in uh, 1984. I'd never seen Americans ride because there was no internet, there was no YouTube, there was no nothing. You know, there wasn't on the television. And I, I came here a week early and went to Carlsbad and watched uh, Ricky Johnson and Ron Machine race the local race. And I, when they came to the second corner, I thought their throttles are jammed. They went so fast. And, <laughs> but I'd never seen anyone ride like that. I was dead serious. I jumped back from the fence. And they, came, and they came towards it. And then they like put the back brake and turned on the rear wheel, and I'd never seen a technique like that. <laughs> uh, whereas nowadays, you're not going to get that big golf because, you know, if, if when Bubba invents the scrub, then every single kid that races a motocross bike all over the world immediately sees the scrub and is out there practicing the next day. And so, you know, you'll always have equality now that, that we didn't have back then because you can't sneak a technique in. And I, and I don't think there's really much to say about um, Jeffrey and going back to that, Kurt, because we've seen Jeffrey race a straight-up AMA race at Crawfordsville, albeit wasn't the most ideal conditions. However, he did go down in the first turn and still win that race. And yeah, like I said, I, I do believe he's the best motocross rider right now. Um you know, if you put him on most tracks together with Eli Tomac, who is also a sensational motocross rider, I mean, if the two of them went head-to-head -head at Glen Helen, it would be very, very close. I, You know, honestly, Kurt, in my opinion, however be it very small, I, I still think Jeffrey gets him. I think we've, and, and we've talked about this before, um, but I think that we have adjusted our focus so much from the beginnings of motocross to a focus of motocross and, but 
a greater emphasis on Supercross, that guys are, as we've seen before, doing Supercross-only contracts because they don't want to race outdoors. They don't want to put themselves through that because it is more grueling, and it is, I, I think it's harder than Supercross. Now, when you race Supercross and you don't and you make a mistake, obviously, you know what happens to you is is sometimes th- worse but i think that the the focus has shifted in the united states to supercross for our our riders and whereas the the outdoor season lasts quite a bit longer for the for the europeans and and they they seem to you know that is their that is yeah. the way they make their living and and uh you know i think that uh you know supercross only contracts i think they're just fine for a lot of guys but i don't think it's breeding um you know, a talent that's going to be competitive on a world level Mm-mm. to compete with those kind of the Jeffrey Hurlings no. and those kind of guys, and then Carlos and them. I agree with you, and and, and here's a, another take on that, which is Supercross has also changed because uh, Supercross in the '80s bred this aggressive, you know, um, tight corners technique that the Americans used in order to beat us for 13 years in a row. But now, Supercross isn't like that. I mean, you only have to go on YouTube and check out some of the old tapes. You know, people are making mistakes. There's lots of different lines. Like, Supercross now is all about the obstacles. And, I mean, just the bike setup. Obviously, I you know, know quite a lot about the bike setup. More my time at KTM. I mean, those bikes that race Supercross are not designed to turn corners. I mean, they're, they're rock hard, the suspension. And so, and that's because you don't make up your time by cornering fast in Supercross. You have to do the obstacles. Because if you miss an obstacle, you lose everything you can gain you know, by cornering fast. And so everyone sets up to do the obstacles and the whoops. And so, yeah, of course, you're not setting up to race good motocross speed. It's as simple as that. So things have changed around. So the advantage of Americans doing Supercross in the 80s is now a disadvantage in the 2010s, whatever we call this decade. <laughs> 20s. Yeah, 20s now, but... Uh, nearly. Yeah, nearly. Uh, Kurt, but, you know, we talked with Cooper from, from Red Bull, uh, but Roger was always a big proponent of corner speed. You know, that's why he signed... Dungy, that's why I was always enamored with with Carmichael, you know, because he's always talked about corner speed, uh, and like you just said, it just doesn't seem that it's it, it's become more. Who can hit the big jump? Who can hit the big rhythm? Who can blitz the whoops the fastest? Who can do this section? It's not about technique as much as it is about who can twist the throttle the most. Yeah, I mean, there's still a technique. Um, there, there's no doubt. It's just a different technique in Supercross compared to outdoors, and it's it's a, a negative rather than a positive. I mean, now the big difference, if you go to a Supercross and watch, even guys like I had racing for me, like super talented guys like Josh Hansen, uh, which would be a whole other story to go into a uh, hour-long interview about Josh Hansen, but... Um, even taking someone like Josh, I watched him at Anaheim last year or the year before, whenever he came out. I mean, he jumped so high now compared to the kids of today. 
And I mean, Josh was at his peak in 2006, 2007, and he can't stay low on the jumps. And so, I mean, that's the technique we use in supercross now. You don't make up your time in the corners. You make up your time by being low on the jumps. Sure. And, and uh, you know, that's just different. And being low on the jumps didn't help at red Butt. What is Hanson going to do? He's riding a Honda. I see he's riding a Honda on his social media and stuff, but... He's been doing some testing for Honda. I see him out here on the local tracks. Um, he's been doing suspension testing for Honda and Shower. Um, I've, I've spoken to him a couple of times. He seems totally content. He's got a good wife and a kid, and sure, so, yeah, seems pretty good. I see Donnie all the time. Um, Donnie's a good friend of mine, so um, yeah, they seem all of them seem to be doing good, which is great. So, Kurt, what's next for you? What what what's the next big thing on the horizon, either on a bike or or off? Um, well, I'm, I think last time we spoke, I just set up the, uh, the motocross vacations company champion MX, uh, here in California. And we've just had a, um, a phenomenal month in, um, October with the motocross donations. We had a huge group come out and we rode in California and then went over to that race. Then the monster cup, um, in Vegas and then the world bet that we mentioned, another huge group so um i mean that's basically a big focus for me right now um i have a, another big group coming out on sunday i'm going to race day in the dirt um at glen helen uh, the troy lee red bull event and uh and then you know a bunch of people coming over the supercross i'm really enjoying it it's uh it's great to have uh guys come out and ride um from England and from all over the world come out here and ride in California because they love it. The weather's great. And uh, I kind of attract a older crowd, let's say, because I am old. Those are the guys so, that can afford it. Yeah. They can afford it. But they also, I mean, they're, they're really here to get the most and really enjoy it. And, I mean, Have fun. it's just a ton of fun. Yeah. I mean, the, these guys are real enthusiasts. And, you know, they... They come out for a once in a lifetime trip, and then they come the next year and the next year because they, you know, they don't know how long their lifetime is, so they want a lot of once in a lifetime trips. You know, I've had a couple of once in a lifetime trips myself. <laughs> yeah, my last one was yeah. Afghanistan. Nice. <laughs> well, you got to ride in a uh, tank, though, didn't you? No, no, no. MATV, MRAP. Kurt, I just but got anyway. done riding from Takati to Cabo San Lucas last week. That's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. It was fun. Margarita bar to what margarita bike did bar. You ride? I started off on a KTM 500 and ended up on a uh, XR 650R, which I honestly I really like the 650 in the desert and out in Baja. The 650 works very very well. The the 500 just is fine. It's a good. It's a great bike, as you know. Would you like the power of the 650 more, or what was it? Uh, I kind of bigger seat. It did have a, a uh, seat concept seat on. It's kind of a wide butt seat, but no. I just if you've ever ridden a six fifteen Baja, you know what I'm talking about. The thing just kind of it just kind of plows through rocks where the guys on on the lighter four fifties and five hundreds are are it's picking the, their way it, through, and I just weight. I just kind of slobber through stuff. Uh, it's good. I like the guys that show up. Kind of surprises me. What did you say? 
it's, it kind of surprises me. So, I, I mean, maybe it's like riding a tank in Afghanistan, riding a, a <laughs> 650. Well, it definitely, the, the 650 definitely has its disadvantages too, Kurt. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, at 60 mile an hour, it works pretty well. Up against clock, fellas. We got to hit the break. We are two minutes late to it. Kurt, thank you so much. Thanks, Kurt. We'll, Thanks, we'll do it again soon, okay? Thanks. Next time you're at Farley Castle, chip us off a piece and send it to us, will you? They won't care. All right, coming up next, uh, the Dirty Talker Danny Walker is going to be joining us. Dave Anthony, Jeff May, and Chuck Axelin are due up in hour number two of the big program. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Doug Henry, Adaptive Snowcross, Winter X Games Gold Medalist, and you're listening to Pit Pass. <laughs> With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's track, A-D-D-I-X.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. 
Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. Hey, this is Ken Roxon. You're listening to Pippa Radio. Better bring it back, Jack. Thank you so much, Jack and Leon DeLeon, producing the program, as always, doing a stellar job. Thank you, guys. All right, do up next is the man, the myth, the legend. We know him as the dirty talker, Danny Walker, cruising across the fruited plain. No matter where he goes, coast to coast, border to border, he is highly respected. Often misconstrued as being an expert in this sport. God, you sound like a radio guy he, right he now. He joins Mr. us Chicken. now. Does Danny Walker, Danny, how are you? <laughs> that was awesome. I'm just I, trying to I, get the people I, in the studio to stop, talk, uh, stop talking over me. I feel I feel important after that announcement, man. That that helps much. <laughs> well, man. I'm full of broaster chicken tonight, man. I'm I'm all <laughs> jacked up. That's awesome. That's mm. awesome. How are you, buddy? I'm, uh, uh, I'm good. I'm good. You know, just uh, getting ready to walk into a Colorado Eagles hockey game here and go watch a little hockey and cool hang out with. Was that Triple A? Triple A? Oh no. No, we're uh, AHL AHL now. Yeah, we're a okay. Colorado Avalanche affiliate. You know, that's amazing how old the AHL is. Most people don't yep. know it, but it's uh, been around for a while. Anyway, welcome uh, back to the program, buddy. Uh, let's go to PJ. PJ, I know you have a question tripping across the tip well, of your tongue. Well, uh, good to talk to you, Danny. I was, I really, I've been, uh, since I heard the news about JD, I wanted to get, you're the guy whose opinion I think would matter on this. What do you think about a, a pro motorcycle racer, road racer, going back to his roots, so to speak? Uh, apparently, JD's got a un, as yet unannounced road racing uh, ride, too, but for sure we knew he's going riding on one of these Yamahas this year. What do you think about it? Well, I don't think he's ever really left his roots. I mean, even even when he rode for us in 12 and 13, he did a bunch of dirt track. And, you know, once you do any dirt track, it doesn't ever leave your blood system. I mean, it's a bad, it's a really, really bad addiction. That's what my whole business is about, is people being addicted to dirt track. And, Infection. you know, it's not going to leave. And, and, you know, he's shown, obviously, that he can be very, very competitive. Unfortunately, you know, winning the 600 championship, there just wasn't a good, Superbike step for him to go to right now in the U.S. and you know anywhere really. Um, so I think you know for him to keep that competitive edge and and really get that fix and and go make some money. I, th- I think he's going to be. Uh, you know I don't know a lot about that Yamaha motorcycle, but obviously the races that he did do, he put it in the main event and a couple times he put it on the podium. Yeah, I think uh, his results were spectacular given his lack of overall preparation for that uh discipline yeah sometimes there's a lot to be said for no pressure just coming in and being able to just have a good time and you know and ride the thing you know that's that's easy so being a full season will be interesting and developing a relationship with that and you know it'll be interesting you know there's a lot of speculation that he'll be on a 600 probably for the redick guys you know on a part-time basis and i'm sure they're just working out the details on that yeah, he's uh, clearly uh, one of the class of the field in the 600 class, and it is unfortunate that we haven't get haven't yet been able to witness JD moving up to a thousand. I yep. he keeps doing what he's doing though. Sooner or later, it's going to happen. He's always been on our list. I mean, we obviously I've known him since. You know, my claim to fame with JD is we, and he hates when I say this, but I literally taught him how to shift on a XR70 back <laughs> in Spokane, Washington, twenty. 21 years ago or something i think he was seven or eight or something and we 
so I've, I've known the kid a long time. So <laughs> he's always been on our list of if we had a potential to, to have a second guy or have a, you know, if we didn't have a front-running guy, then, then J.D. would be somebody we'd want to work with again for sure. So he's just a great personality and, you know, gives 110% and, and uh, you know, just fun to be around. Danny Walker's our guest, and, and I'm curious with Cam Peterson off to race the Omega Moto R1 Superbike next year, will Jason Uribe be back with your squad, or what's cooking? What do you got Boy, besides dude, chicken? I, don't, I mean, maybe if I talk to you next Tuesday, I'd have a better answer, but I don't have any answer at all right now. We're we're waiting for, for the folks that, uh, that make the decision. At, at American Honda, decide if we're even going racing or not. We ah, so we have no Mick and I have no and the crew we have no idea even even if we're going to have it. So we're on for next Tuesday is, was what I'm hearing, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, here, I'm hearing we're going to get the dirty talker Danny Walker on next week. We're we're a week early, so hopefully that, that you know that's a big company and lots going on and you know lots of budget issues with everybody in the motorcycle racing industry right now and. Um, you know, if, if, uh, they come back and they said, Hey, it'll be a shame for sure. You know, we'll be, uh, bummed out for sure. We're real, I'm real happy about cam doing that. I think he's going to shine on that thing. I mean, we kind of threw him in deep. We were hoping our bike was going to be a little further along with having a partnership with Tenkati, but, um, our bike didn't really take any big strides of being competitive this year until our head engineer crew chief, Scotty Jensen at Moto Garage kind of went off a different direction on our electronics and then our bike got good starting at at uh sonoma and at sonoma cam really showed that he could run in the top five and had a couple incidents and you know almost got on the podium at new jersey so i i think cam's going to do really really uh really good there's no pressure with that team and there are some good you know privateer guys and uh, i think he's going to do really good over there so looking forward to that for sure the honda deal that the, the it's not super concerning, is it? I mean, we're we're in November, and I know that's, I know you get, you have to go to work and hire riders and stuff. But is it late for you, or is it is it kind of? You what? know, I we if we go racing, um, we're feeling pretty good about it. Complete, to be honest with you, we're feeling pretty good. Um, our bikes were trap speed wise; they were they were good at the end of the year. Our electronics were we felt were quite a bit better, even than what Tenkati had had done you know they kind of got stuck on where they were going and our bike ran pretty good it handles really good people love riding the thing uh you know there's some guys obviously Gagne's back in the u.s now and um he doesn't know what he's doing so he's on our list there's some unfortunately i mean fortunately or unfortunately there's some really good guys right now laverty salvadori flores there's a bunch of good world superbike guys um you know there's some there's some good guys out there obviously pj jacobson um, you know, there's some good guys out there right now that don't have superbike rides that, uh, you know, that could jump in and, and uh, we still be in the hunt for a podium on our bike pretty quick. So we'll see. Well, so that begs the question, Danny, can you, can your team survive a year off? You know, you've been at this game long enough to, I mean, if, if it <laughs> I'll doesn't, be, it, I'll be a hundred percent honest. If, if we don't go racing this year, I'm going to have a garage sale that will be, you won't even believe the stuff that'll be for sale. Man. That, that was gonna, where I, that's <laughs> what I was wondering. I mean, uh, uh, we'll, I'll sell everything I've got. We, you know, the issue, the other problem, not problem, but the good thing that we had was, um, you know, we were so busy this year. The Marine Corps got back involved with doing super camps with us. And we did five of those. They're on board to do eight of those events next year. So eight normal events on top of 
12 or 13 regular four-day, like the camp we have coming up in L.A. here in, in December, the first week in December, that's six days, and that's one event for us. So we were not home at all this year. So Mick and I both are like, well, if, if it doesn't happen, we'll have some free time. I might get to go trail riding. I'll, I'll get to focus on super camp and, and having fun with that. And, you know, we've got a road race school that's just, we love to death, and Josh Hayes is really excited about it, and Robbie Peterson's excited about it. And if we could have some more time to actually focus on doing that road race school, maybe that'd be a good thing. Racing's awesome. Been doing it my whole entire life. First went road racing in 1980, but, you know, if it if it doesn't happen, it, it, we've got other things that are going to keep us more than busy. So we'll see. Might even do a, you know, a singles uh, dirt track thing for a couple of TT races and put, you know, maybe Gagne or Cam Peterson or somebody on a singles bike to do some of the, you know, the dirt tracks, the TT races for sure. Danny, for 2019 Moto America has announced uh, that a few events will be reduced to a two-day format, VAR, Utah, Sonoma, and New Jersey. Um, what do you think that the advantages and disadvantages of this are going to be? Well, And know, have you heard anything in the paddock? I mean, any of the other guys? Well, Obviously, you guys have been who, maybe talking? Depends on who you ask. I mean, I think there's a group of us in the middle. If you ask the factory guys, they're probably not excited about it because they, they've got their budgets and they're going to they're gonna pay their guys no matter what. Um, you ask the guys in the middle, which is kind of like us, saves us a little bit of money. It's not as much money as I originally thought it was going to be. I thought we were going to, I was like, yeah, let's do that. It's going to save us some money. And then when Mick and I sat down for a few days and really put the numbers to it, it wasn't as big as I was hoping it. I believe it'll save the series some money, you know, as far as just cash money. But I think it might make a little more focus for the spectators to come to those events. Obviously it's going to hurt the privateers that don't get the track time and, you know, you got to be ready to go. I, you know, we've done that in the past. We did that in 2012 at a couple of events. And luckily, you know, with the crew that we have with Scotty Jensen, Danny Anderson, and, and uh, Evan Steele and the guys from ASP, uh, our guys are on top of it. So they, you know, it wasn't an issue for us. But if you don't have a, if you're not prepared and ready, you know, it definitely could bite you not having that extra track time. I, you know, the thing I like about it, the guys are trying something different. They're, they're not just stagnant. You know, whether you agree with what Moto America is doing or not, I agree with most of the stuff that they're doing. A couple things, maybe not. I'm not excited about their electronics rule, but, you know, they're, they're still trying things and they're doing different stuff and they're not just stagnant going, well, that's what we got. Deal with it. So, you know, we'll see if it works. If it doesn't, they can always change it. Danny, one last uh, question for you. We respect your opinion on everything. <laughs> wow, BN has really... Uh, put us through some uh, some work this year as yeah. fans and spectators. We're down to I think maybe one, or if at most two uh, providers. Uh, let's say the you know content providers are still carrying BN. They were our one stop shop for road racing, and uh, it's become difficult. Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, obviously we've talked to the BN guys you know, directly too, and, and, you know, obviously through Moto America for sure, but, um, you know, they're trying it. It's, it's a standard process that all of those channels go through. It just happened that the BN Comcast direct TV contract just happened to come up in the middle of our season. If it came up, you know, right now, it probably wouldn't be an issue. There's a little bit of a power play with what BN's trying to do. And, you know, but Comcast and direct TV have the ultimate world. Guess what? 
we'll just shut you off and then you'll have to you'll have to backpedal whether you want to or not but everybody everybody's pretty confident that they'll get that worked out here in the next couple months and by the time the season starts that we'll be back on BN and I thought they did a great job with all of the events with you know MotoGP obviously and World Superbike and and Moto America. Well, and BN still coverage. BN still getting the events right. It's just yep. whether or not you can view them. Which, like you mentioned, Directv and MediaCom are two that definitely don't offer it. Is maybe Dish still offering BN? Dish has got it for sure. Yeah, Dish is, Dish is the one where who does have it. And I think Verizon too. Isn't there a Verizon network or? Yeah, I know a lot of yeah. guys have gone to the sling and whatnot. Well, that's yep. uh, that's. I just was interested as to your thoughts about that. I, I called DirecTV and said if you don't get BN Sports, I'm I'm switching, and they gave me a fifty dollar a month credit. I did the BN same Sports. thing. I, I wrote them a nasty email and said the only reason I have you guys is BN. That's exactly what I told them, and I said I'm switching unless you get get us back in there. And and they said how about until we get get it back up, we'll give you a fifty dollar a month credit. I'm like okay. I'll deal with that. I like credits. That pays That pays for my online membership. Cox Cable is big in the South. They've got it. So there's, I mean, there's just, I think, something maybe regionally that we're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Direct and Comcast are They're, they're big. You know? Yeah, they're, they're the big, big ones. But, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure with MotoGP and Dorna um, on there also, I think that that'll get turned around. I would be, I'll be surprised if we start the season without uh, without the coverage, so. Well, Danny, it's always fun having you on the show, man. <laughs> always got something to say, don't I? That opinion. <laughs> you know, I just wonder, how do you do it? You've got so much going on. I don't know how you get it all done. Yeah, I got good people around me. I mean, uh, Cam Peterson's dad, Robbie Peterson, is running Super Camp for me, and Cam's still doing all the camps, and Gagne's common, and Josh Hayes, and my road race crew is, is phenomenal. Scotty Jensen and Danny Anderson, those guys are, are, are they really are awesome, and you know, you know Mick. You know Mick, McGur- the girlfriend, the boss. She actually runs the whole show. So, well, you, you know, know we got a good crew down. here, Danny, and they keep us on track. As a matter of fact, we're running up against top of the hour. Never. How about that? <laughs> hey, good like, talking to you guys. Seems like we ask you one question, and we get a two-hour-long answer, and we're okay with that. <laughs> we love you, Danny. Dandy Talker. There he is, Danny Walker, the Dirty Talker. Uh, Dave Anthony, Jeff May, Chuck Asklin will be joining us in hour number two. Stick around. You're listening to America's Motor Racing Talk Show. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy-duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber
Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latrell. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. This is hour number two of the big program. We want to thank our hour number one guest, Cooper Webb, Kurt Nicole, and the sweet talker, Danny Walker. Hour number two, we have David Anthony, uh, Jeff May, and Chuck Asklin. So road racing, second hour. I want to uh, give a shout-out to the American World Trophy Team, ISDE. They are Day two, I think, is over, but I haven't seen the results yet, but they finished day one. In the lead, so uh, that there was a and, and even our big team, yeah, the yeah yep. the trophy team. Yep, the uh, the, so the I think the women were the the trophy team was was in first. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the 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 women's were in second. I think the other team was in third. So um, that that consists of uh, Stu Baylor, uh, who's filling in for Caleb Russell and um, uh, Taylor Roberts, Taylor Robert Sipes, yep. and then Zach Bell, who yep. who was kind of a, a surprise. That he was racing for the ISDE, but it's a uh, it's in Chile, and I guess it's it's a kind of a West Coast flavor. So um, interesting pick to see where they uh, where they'll end up. But and Taylor Roberts leading right now, the individual. No surprise, he's a West Coast guy and and uh, very good. So shout out to those guys. Um, I want to bring in our first guest for hour number two. If we've got him, yes, we do. Dave Anthony joins us. He finished 2018 in 10th place in the overall standings of the Moto America Moto Tool Superbike class. He has been a regular on the show, and we like having him on. Welcome back to the show, Dave. What's going on, man? What's going on? Not much. Trying to uh, keep the kids quiet for twenty minutes while I talk to you guys. Have you tried spanking them? Oh yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> when, <laughs> when my daughter was young, I used to give her a whole bottle of Benadryl. <laughs> no, you didn't. And then I'd let her watch uh, some kind of uh, movie in her room, like Dora or. <laughs> Bob the Builder, something like that. So she just gently falls asleep. You didn't do and, that. No, I How put her outside on, on in a in a harness and attach her to a clothesline. Let her you run. Didn't do any of that either. How How old are your kids, Dave? They are eight and nine. Oh well, they can be spanked then. That's that. They're that age where they they probably appreciate a good spanking. Yeah, they're almost ready to uh, spank back too. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> want to be careful about how much. Uh, Effort you put into that, your kids will get you back. Yep. Well, congrats on a yep. solid season with tenth overall finish, and and as far as we can tell, you're you're one of the only riders running a Kawasaki in the Superbike class, so you're a standout for that alone. Um, how was that? How was that uh, bike? How's the development? Was it all in house? Anything? Any support from Kawasaki? We've we've always heard no from the guests that we talk to that run road racing and a Kawasaki, but um, I'm curious to hear how everything's going for you. Yeah, the Kawasaki, I'm not, I'm not so sure on. I keep trying and keep persevering, but I've, I've never got along with it since the day I got on the thing. So, in, in terms of development, yeah, that's all in house. You know, we get a lot of information from the world teams and BSB teams, but that's all based on Pirelli's, and it, um, yeah, it's very different, very different on Dunlops compared to Pirelli's. And I think we got our answer as to support because anyone who's getting support generally isn't so honest with their opinions about their bike. No, no. So, it, I, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. I was laughing. We turned our mics off. Yeah, because we we, yeah, it was just, 
I don't know about that, Cowie. It's just yeah, it's refreshing uh, and, to hear honesty from any racer. It's sure it's is. refreshing. And I'm not a big fan of Kawasaki personally. Oh, uh, PJ is, and I am too. I, I mean, but I, I just I've not found it that many people have said great things about their sometimes dealings with uh, with the factory effort or getting any help. Um, but um, in addition to this, your, your own racing, you feel the two riders in the superbike class. Uh, you know, what are the logistics involved for you as not just a rider, but, you know, the crew, transport, etc. I mean, that's got to be a lot of additional duties for you each weekend. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you talked about being honest. Honestly, those guys are, you know, they're paying to be there. They're paying for the service. That's part of my budget. That's how we can go racing. Uh, but it does put a lot of extra effort on, you know, on me, you know, behind the scenes, it's only, it's really me. And I've got another guy, Rob, that really helps me out. But, you know, for me, it's full time. And then we have weekend guys fly in. So yeah, you can imagine adding, uh, you know, we added a second semi this year and just dealing with extra riders, you know, for sure the business side of things come first before, before my riding, but you know, I'd love to, uh, focus on my riding and make that priority, but the end of the day it's a business so you, you get by you do what you gotta do dave and for our listeners that don't know this you've gone both ways in uh relatively recent history as far as often being a a, a, mm. a team manager uh team principal to for a short time at least you got to focus on your writing um what's what's next year looking like for you are you going to be going at it in similar fashion to this year uh, it'll be similar fashion, yes. You know, ideally, right now, my main focus is to try and get the budget to to do it properly. You know, this year was more of a be there, turn up, and we went racing type scenario. As where, yeah, the goal is more money, more budget, more competitive, and, you know, we go racing to, because, same as everybody, you go racing because you want to win. That's the whole point. But, like I mentioned, it's a business, so I have to survive. So unfortunately, business has been coming first, but yeah, priority is to try and make it so that we can focus on racing, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. And you, you, we joke about the Kawasaki, but it's expensive to switch brands. You've got a lot of a lot of things in the trailer and in the shop and that kind of thing, and it would, it'd be quite an undertaking for you, I would imagine, for the team to uh, to swap that out. Yeah, exactly. It's you know That's why I've stuck with the Kawasaki for the last few years, because, <laughs> because of the infrastructure we have. You know, earlier this year, I got a chance to ride a an R1, and I tested on it, and testing went really well. I was a lot quicker on the R1 than I was on my Kawasaki, and uh, I ended up racing that bike at Sonoma. It didn't, didn't go as planned on race weekend, but yeah, that was enough to tell me that I'm definitely quicker on a different brand bike, so I'm, I'm trying my hardest to uh, make it work to change brands. And what, you know, for... Uh... For our edification, what all does that involve? Obviously, I mean, are you talking at the the basic level? Do you talk to local dealers? Are you going straight straight to Yamaha's uh, racing group, uh, North America, or uh, beating the bushes everywhere? No, in terms in terms of the bike itself, I've pretty much given up trying to source bikes or parts or anything from a manufacturer. It really, uh, there's, there's nothing left out there. I mean, as you guys have probably noticed, Yamaha's cut back a lot. They've already cut the teams that they've got. So 
I mean, if you got in good with a local rep for a certain brand, you might be able to get a bike on some kind of marketing budget. But, yeah, it, it's pretty hard to go and get bikes and parts at this stage. It's, it's, it's find your uh, outside sponsors and, and pay for them yourself. That's why I can say bad things about the bike I'm riding. And the contingency, I mean, it plays some factor, I would assume. Uh, or is it, at your level, not such a big deal? No, actually, Kawasaki are very good on their contingency. That's the main reason I'm, I'm still on the Kawasaki. You know, I do a lot of club events for fun. So it's a good way to test and not spend a lot of money. But Kawasaki pays well. So, yeah, I actually can go and, go and test and make some money. So you do wear a... CVMA, what else? I mean, those are the two that I, I think come to mind as far as, as contingency goes. Is there anything else out there that, that people can go do and and earn some money on, on the green card? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's obviously all, all the all the clubs, the CCS. Um, they're primarily on the East Coast, so I don't really get out there too much. Uh, ASM in California, that's pretty good. There's, um, Kawasaki definitely pays, pays the best out of all the manufacturers. I should I should clarify Roman uh, team green card not not the kind of green card that you're running on. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there it had, uh, had to throw it thanks. in there. And thanks there's a lot, the man. joke. <laughs> uh, our guest is David Anthony and uh, uh, team owner and, and racer himself. Um, solid season this year, tenth place overall in the uh, Superbike class. You've um, you've got some some downtime here now. What is your plans to over the winter? What do you? What do you? Uh, how do you spend your time? You know, it's funny. A lot of uh, a lot of riders, and we'll we'll take some time off from the training side of things. But for me, it's my time. It is some downtime, so it's some time to uh, lose some weight that I've gained during the season and and try and get fit again. You know, unfortunately, I uh, the training goes out the window once racing starts because it's you know such a hectic schedule for me. So yeah, a lot of training, getting back in shape, and. It's probably the most stressful time of the year trying to come up with the budget. You know, that's the part I hate the most. You know, I don't like calling people asking for money. So, yeah, got to deal with that and catch up on everything around the house and family that you miss out on during the year. So, Dave, in, in years past, I alluded to earlier, you did at a time have a, a primary role as a rider and a rider only. Um, is that something that you still think about doing, or are those days past and, and team principal slash rider is is really the the future for uh, Mr. Aussie Dave? You know, I'm getting older, so I you know I'd love I do chase up every opportunity I can. I'd love to just be a rider for at least what you know see at the end of my riding career, see what I can do. But unfortunately, there's not many opportunities out there, so yeah. It's, yeah, like I said, chase up every opportunity, but primarily it's focusing on, on keeping the team going. It's it's my source of income. It's yeah, that's what I got to put my put my effort into. And your clearly your your goal, your aim, it would seem, would be in in days after uh, your own involvement as a racer. You you want to carry on a team uh moto america uh, would you agree they're going in the right direction and it makes it for uh for team owners similar to yourself there are a couple out there i mean it seems like it is viable to have a going concern that can return on an annual basis uh, is that the the feel you have for the sport currently yeah it's definitely going in the right direction you know for sure i've been able to make my living out of it so i can't complain on that level 
things are definitely definitely getting better in that respect. I'm pretty happy where the championship's going. Unfortunately, it's a slow process, but you know we're getting there. And the overall, I mean, the the health of the motorcycle industry. We talk about it ad nauseum at times. Is uh, it, like very similar to uh, any of our racing series. It's you know still recovering from uh, from the injuries it took in the 08, 09 era. Uh, the industry as a whole, not just the racing aspect. Yeah, definitely. It's you know when things went bad, I told myself you know hang in there keep fighting you'll come out on top uh if you're one of the guys that are still left you know i've done that i don't know i come out on top but i'm still here what are your thoughts on sorry to interrupt but on on uh, moto america and crave group and and all that are you pleased with what they've what they've accomplished in the short amount of time they've taken over the series uh yeah i mean i better not say too much about chuck since i heard he's on the show later on but uh, he is in general. Um, yeah, no, they're definitely those guys have, have made a big improvement. The way it's going, what they offer for teams and riders uh, in terms of a race event, it, it couldn't be any better. Obviously, it's the the promotion side and the, the marketing side, and just you know getting people to follow the sport. That's that's all we need at the moment. But that's looking like the hardest part, really. Yeah, I assume it's it's part and parcel. It's exactly what a team principal needs. Uh, you need to, the ability to sell a product uh, that's this out isn't, there. This isn't unique to, to motorcycle racing, though, you guys. I mean, you drive, you drive, and I've said this on the show before, you drive across country and you look out your window and you see how many stock car tracks that are that are sitting vacant with and you just go man that'd be a cool place to build a motocross track in the middle but unfortunately there's the motocross is as dead as as uh stock car racing is in the midwest and and throughout the the, the various no, regions and you're absolutely and, right. and it's not just it's just not motorcycles it's it's racing in general younger people well and it's the cost part of it is the cost for sure for sure that it has priced it out the the dirt bikes are priced out of of uh, a lot of people's reach and uh, when you go into the bike shop and they say sale price seventy nine ninety nine, and you're like, "What? That's a used bike. How is that even, uh, you know, a good deal?" And and road racing obviously is is uh, in my opinion, I think that it, it, a lot of it starts on kids riding dirt bikes, and you know the side by side has that industry Taking has away. has killed dirt bike sales. You know because parents can buy one side by side and the whole family can go and, and have an adventure rather than ride dirt bikes. And these kids don't ride up, don't grow up to be road racing fans they don't grow up to be flat track racing fans or motocross racing fans or participants do you think i'm off on that dave no i think you're right there on that level definitely the kids these days aren't, aren't into it you know i remember being a kid you know that i get home from school the, all i could think about all day was getting home to ride my bike right but uh my kids you know not that i want to push them into motorcycles but i want to get them off the ipad and the tv try to encourage them to do something but they're just not interested. Just a different different generation. With and, that, uh, yeah, that's you know, in talking about, you know, you guys brought up a few scenarios about what's wrong with motorcycling and road racing and motocross is dying as well. Well, I think you know we've all got our scenarios and everybody's got a got their thought on it. But I think it's all combined. You know, every, all of the above. If if it was one thing, someone would have taken it and run with it, and they'd be fixing it by now. It's not quite that easy. I do think that technology has definitely uh, influenced 
a lot of the youth today, uh, uh, my wife has, uh, you know, two kids and, and they're, you know, teenagers, but they like to spend a lot of time in front of some screens and I'm guilty of it too with my cell phone. Um, but uh, now that we've moved out in the country, I've spent a lot less time in front of the TV or, or well, in front of Well, it helps my... when you don't have internet. <laughs> we that's, do. That's one way to kill. That's one kid, way to I'm kill. Kid, I don't know. No, we have wireless, high speed, but... Um, Rich. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens when your wife makes all the money. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that, that that's really hurt us probably the most. And, and I know that you, your kids are you know, a little bit younger, but you know, you kind of already alluded to it. And, and I think I've seen it with, uh, some nieces and nephews as well. I think technology has kind of taken that place of going outside and playing or enjoying sure other forms of entertainment. What do you think about that electric bike? I don't know if you saw that Dave, the, uh, uh, yeah, Husky and KTM. And I guess gas gas had one for an, an, Oset or whatever that brand is, I don't know. Comes with the yeah. Osets though, the it's a trials version. It, I think it comes with an emo kit and a and a like psych, psychological issues with that bike. The the the, the, the that no. bike, but but the KTM that's coming out and the the Husky. Husky. Have you seen those bikes? They're they're super cool. The electronic or the electric ones. Yeah, the kids ones. Yeah, fifty uh, cc's. I mean, that's definitely a, a way to maybe help things for sure because it's more more accessible for a lot of people you can you can ride it around your backyard you know we're on a little bit of land here less maintenance not that, uh, not that the kids bikes really affect anybody but you know if you had neighbors complaining definitely the electric bikes would be the way to go gets past the the old mom test i think a little quicker than yeah. uh, than motorcycles if you've got the for mom sure if you've got a mom on the hey we shouldn't be doing this well it's uh you know a, a clever dad could probably compare it to the barbie car at uh, any mm-hmm. given walmart or target hey you had no problem with that this is the two-wheel version <laughs> i guess you could get away with it like that yeah that's funny yeah it's, yeah, it's the crafty the crafty in me well, Jeff, uh, uh, Jeff May's up next, but uh, Dave, I wanted to uh, to invite you to come back when you do have a bit of news and you want to uh, make some announcements on the team. We'd love to have you. Well, hopefully, yeah, sometime in the near future, that <laughs> hopefully that'll be an option. You got any uh, hard ones you want us to ask Chuck later in the program? Oh, I mean, I throw them at him personally anyway. I think all of us do. <laughs> um, That's very, awesome. He's very politically correct, and you'll have trouble getting too much exciting information out of him, I'm sure. Well, it's good that he makes himself available to we're race teams try. and we're team owners try. like yourself. But, yeah, we're going to try and put him on the spot for sure. Good luck in your uh, off-season, Dave, rounding up the budget, and we can't wait to see you back on track next season. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was good talking to you. All right, that's been our guest, Dave Anthony. We're going to take a break, but before we, before we do, we want to thank Race Tech, the science of suspension, for nearly 30 years, Racetech's been producing the highest quality suspension components and tools, including gold valves for most types of motorcycles and ATVs. Visit their website at Racetech.com. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dean Wilson, number 15. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. 
Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden race tech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible race tech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction. Serving Iowa since 1946. Hey, this is Mike Lafferty, eight-time National Enduro Champion, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. 
Big congratulations goes out to Rockstar Energy Husqvarna's Jason Anderson. Swept all three main events at the Ossex Open in Sydney last weekend. Captured the overall, obviously. Um, Wilson and Reardon rounded out the podium. Brayton, though, our homeboy here, finished homeboy. fourth. Had a bit of uh, bronchial bronchitis. Mm-hmm. Been, what he, been sick. He text, I think that's what he texted me because I, I was going to get him on, but he'll be on next week, I believe, assuming he can he can speak, but he's back in the U.S. But he finished uh, <coughs> fourth. He got his third straight SX1 Australian Supercross Championship. So just so you don't, if you don't know, Jason Anderson, Dan Reardon, Dean Wilson, the, well, actually Reardon does, but a lot of those guys don't race the whole season. They just come yeah. over for the big yeah. the big finale, which is the Australian o- X Open in Sydney. And uh, this is the this is the end of the uh, season for Brayton. So he takes he and his wife and his kids, two kids now, over there, um, and they race. And, and it's uh, been quite a, a uh, nice little feather in his cap. Makes real good money over there. Yeah. And, and uh, Chad Reed finished fifth. So that was a big deal. I mean, the, he he actually led. Did you see the the, the deal where he kept? They have like a, a Joker lane. Yeah, he kept he, ta- he kept he taking it, it, so he get yeah. in front. <laughs> yeah, and, but then he got docked places. I know, and, and he's like, I just don't care. <laughs> I love. And it. you know what? Is that really if, what happened? Yeah, but if you're Chad Reed, so, do okay. you care? I don't know. So I was down in Baja and I was trying to watch this, and I'm like, what is Chad Reed doing? So anyway, in the uh, the 250 class. Another local Iowa homeboy, Cameron McAdoo. He uh, he he went two 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 and and three main events for the overall. So pretty <laughs> cool. Pulled off the win in his first race with the first and only race with the team. Yeah. So basically, Team Iowa has kicked everybody's butt in Australia. This Down year. under. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, joining us now is uh, road racer Jeff May, who's uh, made a return to Moto America Motul Superbike in 2018. Finished 17th place in the overall standings. Earlier this year, he finished fourth at the Daytona 200, and uh, that's a race he's he's been involved in multiple times over his career and, and uh, uh, done very well in that program as well. So he joins us again, Jeff May. What's going on, man? I don't know, man. Uh, just hanging out. Got the invitation to be on tonight, so I figured, why not? Let's did you, chat with you guys. Did you dress up? No, I did not. Roman well, took his shoes off in the studio. You it's can lie to us. I did not. It's the beauty of radio. You can totally lie and say, yeah, I got my tux on. <laughs> hey, man, I'm old. This is East Coast time, buddy. It's almost my bedtime. <laughs> East Coast time. Nice. So, And do we really say that you return to racing? Because you've never left racing. Uh, you've you've been racing I said he nonsense. returned to the program, our program. Oh, yeah, our Not program. Not to racing. No, yeah. he never left racing. Yeah, I left for about six months and realized that wasn't for me and came back quickly. That isn't even a whole season. So again, I would say that's not even really leaving. If you don't make it a year, you haven't left. Talk to Hayes about that. Yeah. See what he says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was going to be uh, a good. Uh, I was thinking as I was looking at your results from this year, and you're you're clearly in the points. Man, what? Why don't you Hayes and Rap? There's a dream team. Get an endurance bike and just go crush. I mean, there's some great endurance races out there. Free tires, I get for guys as fast as you guys. <laughs> oh, man, I, I don't give away my secret, man. I've been running around with my ZX-10 and my BMW all year, cleaning it up, taking all the BMW and Kawasaki money on the East Coast. <laughs> I don't want those guys to figure it out. It pays pretty good. Oh, yeah, I'm talking strictly endurance because I, I, mean, I think it'd be awesome. to And Corey West. Yeah, uh, Corey West would be another so guy Corey you throw in there because there's – 
there's some dominant teams. Uh, well, there's two dominant teams, and they they've been around for a while in the at least in Wera at the national endurance level. And God, that's the most fun racing. I think uh, when I've done uh, one or two endurance events, it's a blast. That's yeah, it's good fun, man. I started my career doing we're endurance racing, and uh, we won the national championship that year. And I learned more in one year of doing national endurance than. I think in five years of just other racing I've done. And it's just, uh, I wish we had a proper series in the States with endurance racing again. It, it, it would help grow uh, a lot of the up-and-coming talent. And you, you learn so much when you're on a motorcycle for an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. It's just time on the bike. Yeah, lap after lap. I mean, I, I had one time in Virginia, I was like 45 minutes into my stint, and I realized something I was doing wrong, and, I just dropped a full second lap. That's for 45 awesome. minutes. I mean, that's longer than a Moto America race. And usually you're completely exhausted by that point. But that's when you start figuring stuff out and how to ride something differently to get the lap time out of the motorcycle. So, so what do you mean when you say you dropped a, an actual second, a whole second? What is it? Can you kind of, can you remember what it was that you were doing wrong? Yeah, it was the most basic thing in the world. They teach you in road racing school is to get your eyes up and look far ahead. Oh, I realized that I was looking down at the apex, and VIR has a lot of corners. I think it's like 24 corners or something, a lot of little bends, and it's very easy to just let your eyes kind of fall down at the apexes and not get them back up. And it's a momentum track. So when you get your eyes down on the ground like that, and it just kills your roll speed in mid-corner. Get your eyes up and look way ahead. It slows everything down. And, man, it, there you go. One second a lap after being on the bike for 45 minutes. And when you look, when you're looking forward and, you, and you're looking where, maybe this is too basic for you, but when you're, when you're looking to where you want to go, the bike just has a tendency to follow you, your eyes. And Absolutely. Yeah. I uh, rode and uh, went down to Baja last week and rode from Takati to Cabo San Lucas on a dirt bike. And I was uh, filling my drawers at one point. I was coming around this cliff. It was straight up a cliff, and it had been a bad situation had I not gone off, if I had not made this turn. And I just, from doing track days and just knowing you look where you want to go, and I just, I mean, I'm two-wheel sliding, standing up around this corner on this pig of a motorcycle, 650r and i'm and i'm looking and i'm i mean i'm like oh my gosh and and i wrote it out obviously i'm here but guys that came up behind me they go who almost died back there and i'm like oh that was me (laughs) and it's just it's uh it's incredible what looking forward will do for you and in in all disciplines of motorcycles works man that's the way it works you know it's it's tied to your eyes and what most easily demonstrated at pick a track event, be it a track day or a race, when somebody doesn't do it, uh, when someone crashes, they generally T-bone the scene of that accident. That's when you really see the bike going where uh, the eyes are looking. Yeah, you see guys run off. You know, they get in hot and they go up and they look off the track. It's game, game over. O- game over. See you in the seeing the cheap seats. So, what's next year looking for, looking like for you, Jeff? Uh, as the proverbial spring chicken of moto america what uh have you got anything cooking no i mean it's really strange i mean um i had an amazing year this year this was one of the craziest years racing i've had it was my 19th season straight racing and uh i raced five different motorcycles um i did the daytona 200 i raced my kawasaki 
GX10RR and my BMW S1000R and Wira, TCS, Azra. Uh, I think I won every championship except for one. You can win in those and a lot of money. And then I decided to jump on board, did a couple Moto America rounds with the Omega Moto guys. And I think I did two races at Miller and Sonoma. And then I decided to tackle the final round on my BMW um, and Superbike just to see how it would fare. Uh, and then I did the Arma Vintage Festival and rode my EBR there, uh, put it on pole, and ended up having a great battle with Taylor Knapp. I got second. Um, Tommy Bridewell made it over from BSB, so that was a that was a hell. Of a oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so I mean, I did so many things and rode so many bikes this year, and everything just stopped. And uh, you know, it's off season. I'm, I've been able to just kind of chill out for two weeks, and I'm trying to make my game plans for next year. The Daytona 200 is definitely foremost first thing on my mind right now trying to uh tackle that we tested the r6 down at the race of champions like about three four weeks ago uh won the azra sport bike race and got some good data it was the first time i've actually gone down there and tested uh in a long time so we're gonna get the 200 rolling i'd love to race moto america full time i just i don't see how to make it happen at this point in time um uh, i feel like my riding's there. My fitness is there. It's just the opportunities are few and far between. And the guys that are getting those opportunities, you know, rightly so, are the young up-and-coming guys. And, you know, they're flexible. They don't have mortgages and wives and kids and real Day jobs. jobs. Yeah, day yeah. jobs. So, um, and to be honest, man, I'm, I have so much fun club racing and coaching guys. And it's, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, well, I guess it is sandbagging a little bit, but, you know, it's it's an easy living. I go out there and make close to six hey, figures a year racing motorcycle you, and represent my sponsors well. So Take it how you can get it, Jeff. Yeah. And you, know, you are not the... Same opportunity, not Moto America. I'd be there in a heartbeat. You're not the first or the last guy to go... Uh, to go bounty hunting, if you will. That's uh, It's the backbone of the sport. It's what... Uh, you know, got a lot of eventual pro racers into the sport was, hey, I can go make some money at it, and guys do it at the end of their careers as much as they do at the beginning. You wouldn't believe how many people don't realize that's happening, that you can actually get paid to go race a motorcycle, and I'm trying to educate these guys out there coming up in club racing, you know, buy something that from a manufacturer that's going to pay you back. It, it makes racing sustainable. And then you never know where that's going to lead to. I mean, that was that was my story. So, and by supporting the manufacturers and buying those motorcycles that they support racing, it just helps grow the sport. Um, and I I think we need to kind of get back to that grassroots level, back to the way I came up and Josh Hayes and everybody else, Ben Speed, you name any road racer that ever did anything, and they came up club racing, bounty hunting. You know, it just. It's the, the way you need to do it. You you can't shut shortcut the process by doing one year as a novice and some track days and going straight to Moto America. It's just not going to work out. Hmm. Are you living down in Atlanta? Where are you at? Yeah, I'm still in Atlanta. I've been I've been here my whole life, and uh, yeah. it's it's uh, it's good, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm in a good place in life, and my mortgage business is going great. Racing's great. I'm I'm not going anywhere as far as racing is concerned. That's for sure. I'm not going. It would be a, maybe at least ten years before <laughs> you see me disappear. Did they just lower the Fed? Uh, man, 
the rates keep rising, but it's more tied to the bond market. Um, so as far as home mortgage rates go, they've been kind of fluttering along at like 4.75 on a 30-year. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about a percent higher than it was last year at this time. Hmm. And how does that affect you as a, as a businessman? Honestly, it, the only thing it's done is it's cut off the refinance market because everybody – you know, refinance that could in the past two years. And so now it's a purchase market. But being in Atlanta, um, I'm sure you guys heard the news. Yamaha's moving their headquarters here. Big uh, deal there, of, yeah. A lot of businesses moving to Atlanta. The city is booming. Um, you got a lot of business in Jacksonville. Southeast is just... Nashville there's also. Lot. There's a lot of businesses yeah. in Nashville. Um, whatever the People. Whatever the South is doing to entice business is working. A lot of people moving from the West Coast, you know, bang for the buck goes a lot farther down here. So, hey, plus we got a lot of racetracks, man. I got five racetracks within five hours from me. So That's what I was getting at being in Atlanta. You've got you've got opportunity there within a half day's drive. You're at a lot of different places. Oh, yeah. Barber's only two hours. And your home track, of course, the big boy. Roadland's right there. VAR's five and a half. And you got Roadland, Daytona. A lot of... A lot of close stuff, man. Go uh, on your craft. How do we be involved in the 200 this year? Uh, how do you mean? I mean, it'd do, be like fun. Live broadcast? Nah. Oh, no. I'd be all for that. <laughs> we could I'd be all like for that. Style. We could do that, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe that, or maybe we, maybe we, maybe that's part of it. Maybe we'll but we show up. We, uh, I don't know, part of your program somehow. Yeah, give me a call, man. We can discuss that. I'm always looking for sponsors and partners to team up with and, you know, do something cool and exciting. I mean, sky's the limit. Maybe we could be, maybe we could be a partner. Maybe we could be uh, something that we maybe added value that you bring to another partner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So like a uh, an outlet for one of your sponsors that can – you know, maybe do a live show or something. I, I didn't even really even thought of that, but I don't know. It'd be, it'd be it'd be interesting. We could do something cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've got a lot of uh, a lot a lot of help from a lot of people, man, that make my program go during the year, and uh, a lot of people to give thanks to. But we do, we do a lot of fun things. Like I said, I rode five different motorcycles this year. And, That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> it was it was fun and well rode them well. Well, Jeff, congratulations on a, on a pretty darn solid year. We appreciate you coming on the show and talking about it. And let's keep in touch about the 200. It'll be here before you know it. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on board. And I appreciate love always taking time out to chat with you guys. All right, we got to take a break. I want to thank Wiseco Performance Products, carrying a full line of forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crankshafts, forged connecting rods, valves, and just about anything you need for a motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine, and automobiles on the planet. For one name, one solution, visit Wiseco.com. We'll be right back. This is Vicki Golden. I was just on Pit Pass Radio. Check out Arena Cross for more of my racing. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. 
Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-to-ride performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka. Proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. Hey, this is Josh Hayes, AMA Superbike Champion. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. I was talking off air with uh, our, our last guest, Jeff May, he wants to go to Baja with his son in February, so that'd be kind of cool. It would be cool. Uh, I don't think he can keep up on the tequila side of the bar, but uh, <laughs> he'd be, I'm sure, plenty fast on a bike. I'll show him how to ride a wheelie down a beach. Do you think you can ride a wheelie better down the beach, me or Jeff May? I would go with you I'm on going that Jeff, one. Jeff I'm, May. No, I'm going with Tony Jeff on May. that one. I've, I've ridden seen, with Jeff, yeah. and he's fast, I've no seen, doubt. I've seen Tony ride a wheelie yeah, I rode a wheelie um, this last week. They were talking about like this one guy was bragging about wheelies, and I watched him, and I'm like, no. I literally rode. It had to been eight miles. My my hand was so tired. I finally just started. Good way to, good I way to just, ruin a motor. I finally it did. Actually, um, I finally just locked the 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 wrist and just started clutching the thing. And the clutch got yeah. It did actually uh, didn't do the bike any favors. But oh, is that how the training went? I don't know. There was a bunch of oil that came out of the air box. Mm. Um, That's from standing her on end. I think it is, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, our next guest is a well-respected former racer, former vice president of motorsport operations at Coda, and former managing director at Team Roberts Racing at MotoGP. He is currently a partner in the Crave Group Moto America. Chuck Axlund joins us. Chuck, what's going on? How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? I I figured I must have done something wrong because it's been about four years since you guys had me on here. Well, about that. Um, Sorry. <laughs> we, uh, we, we, uh, the la- I don't know if you remember the last time you were on, but uh, we got a lot of mail about that. 
And no, I'm I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, just sitting here at home and got grandkids running around and uh, listening to the majority of your show. So uh, all good. Chuck, first of all, thank you uh, and congratulations on all success Moto America and the Crave Group have uh, brought to our National Road Racing Series as uh, our resident uh, road racing geek, if you will. Uh, it's It's been impressive to see what your group has done since taking uh, the reins. So first and foremost, thank you for your efforts and, and your group's efforts. No, well, thanks. You know, it's, um, you know, next year will be our fifth year and, and involved in this. And it's been a lot of work, but we, you know, we firmly believe we've got one of the most exciting forms of motorsport out there, uh, some great racing. And, um, you know, we're, uh, you know, developing more uh, entertainment aspects and trying to get more people to our events. And we see by the, the TV numbers and, and YouTube numbers that more people are following us uh, than ever. And, and, um, yeah, it's, uh, we're seeing good progress for sure. Chuck, the, the TV aspect and absolutely recognizing it is not in your purview to make these deals happen, but we've, I already mentioned it to, uh, one Danny Walker earlier. What, do you see any, uh, light at the end of the tunnel with, as regarding BN and the providers that are carrying BN in the upcoming season? Because, Quite frankly, the the TV coverage has been spectacular with BN. I've been, I think, all fans have been nothing but thrilled with the coverage that we've seen. Unfortunately, right now we're unable to see it. We're pissed, Chuck. Well, we don't have any racing going on right. Oh, now. that's what the deal is then. Huh? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we. You know, I think Danny kind of hit it on the head. You know, uh, some of these these negotiations happen, and for us, it, it obviously happened at the wrong time, but. Saying that, you know, we, we've gotten our results back from BN, and, and over the year with our, our live and delayed races, we had about 2.7 million people tune in to their network to watch. And, and our YouTube uh, viewers, we, we got BN to let us put those, you know, our races on YouTube directly after the event, and we've got over a million viewers there. So what's the, what's the situation? We're confident BN will get the situation squared away, but what it has done is open the door for us to explore other opportunities, and and uh, there's some good opportunities out there, and our aim is to, you know, make our, our uh, you know, make it more accessible to, to watch our races and, and get more eyeballs on it than, than we already have. So um, so stay tuned, and we'll see what, see what happens. Chuck, um, I, I got a couple questions from one of our listeners he sent me a message um his question is all all his friends the twins cup racers um they're waiting for massachusetts to confirm the rules package for 19 uh he said that we talk about it all the time um he's curious to know and, and his friends are too when this final rules package will be released uh, we actually are just in the final stages of the rules, and I, I think uh, we hope to have them out um, by the end of the month, first week of December later. And that was, speaking of Twins Cup, what an, a brilliant add to the series this year. Uh, I think it added some real depth. I, did you get that? Uh, are you getting feedback uh, of that nature as well, Chuck? Because, again, as a, as a spectator of the entire season, attending a number of races, I really think the Twins Cup race added some significant depth to the not only the the series, but the, the paddock, 
just some really interesting stories. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of stories in the Twins Cup grid, that's for sure. And I think when you, you look at it from the last race, yeah, that, you know, it was pretty exciting. The championship came down to, you know, the last race. It was separated by two points, but I think we had nearly 30 riders on the grid. But um, if you go back to Road Atlanta, and, and we had, I think, eight or nine entries, and Wayne and my partners are looking at me like, God, what, what are we doing here? You know, what'd you get us into? <laughs> it's, uh, we certainly came a long way. Uh, from from that but it's um yeah there's a good group of guys they have a lot of fun there's there's a lot of guys that haven't raced for a for a while that um you know that that class has provided some pretty uh it's pretty accessible you know it's not very expensive there's some decent contingency money in it and uh you know guys like chris turner justin police and you know a number of guys um came out that hadn't hadn't been at the racetrack for a while and they brought a bunch of of fun people with them so uh yeah, it was a, it was a good addition. It was it was pretty cool. Our guest is Chuck Axlin, who's a partner in the Crave Group, Moto America, obviously. Uh, Chuck, can you explain the decision to reduce four of the 2019 events to a two day schedule and, and the positives that you think you're going to see from this change? Uh, well, it's um, you know what we found out going to, to some of the tracks that we went to over the last four years, you know. Some you get good crowds over the weekend, places like Road America, Pittsburgh. You know, you get campers that are there early, want to experience the whole weekend. And then some some venues, you know, you don't get many people out there on a Friday. And, and, and there is some expense uh, for the teams. We weren't necessarily worried about the expense on our side, but more so the teams. And, and also we thought, you know, we, we just we, we try the two-day events and, Tighten it up. We think it'll create a little bit more, uh, maybe anxiety and, and pressure, and you know, more excitement packed into a short amount of time, and and uh, some, some good racing. So we'll see how it works out. You know, if, uh, if it doesn't work out, then you know, we always have the opportunity to, to go back. But I have some pretty good uh, feelings about it, and 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 we'll see. Should be uh, should be fun to, to try it anyway. Chuck, another question for you. Uh, wondering if the the KTM 790 will be let in and that the 650s will get a CC boost as was proposed in the provisional uh, 2019 tech regs? I'll let you know at the end of the month or the first week of December. That's, so, so that close, huh? That's going to be part of your rules package, I'm sure. Uh, part of the rules, yeah, exactly. Chuck, the as Crave... Uh, came in and took over Motor America, we saw very clearly an effort to uh, mirror World Superbike uh, in many ways to, you know, allow parity and, and I presume, uh, knowledge share. So we've seen that. And now World Superbike does the unthinkable and goes to this uh, crazy three-race weekend format. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on that? Is that something Moto America would ever even consider? I, I don't see it as an advantage, but maybe I'm not looking at it the right way. Yeah, personally, you know, like like they, you know, when they switched to having, uh, well, when we first started, we obviously we had two Superbike races on a Sunday. And, you know, personally, that was my preference. It, it builds up for a big day on Sunday. You got two, you know, two main races. But when World Superbike switched to a Saturday and Sunday format, we kind of waited a year to uh, see how that would transpire. And, you know, their feedback was that everything was positive. 
I, I can't really see us doing three day weekend event, but uh, once again, we'll we'll see how that um, how that unfolds. I, you know, a lot of people don't know that I'm I'm also Jonathan Ray's manager. I started that back in my Coda days, and still the the feedback that I'm hearing is they don't really know what that third race is yet. You know, what if it's a points race or qualifying race? So. We'll uh, we'll just wait and see see what happens and stick to what we got right now and and try and make uh, what we got going uh, work here. Is there any uh, talk about the the twins and the stock one thousand classes having two races per event too? Yeah, I think we're we're looking at uh, probably at two events for each class having two races on on a weekend for those guys. Give That's a, a lot of more uh, a lot of tr- more a lot of racing. Time. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, it's, uh, it would be, what, two two more races for each of those um, classes, you know, for the year. Uh, they wouldn't be, you know, at the, so you wouldn't have two Twins races and two Stock 1,000 races on the same weekend. You'd have two Twins and one Stock 1,000. But uh, we want to give them, uh, you know, a little bit more track time they've, they've asked for. It and, um, yeah, so we're, we're doing what we can to accommodate. Chuck, with the change in format, do you think we're going to get a little bit more aggressive racing? Maybe more, uh, uh, maybe not aggressive is, is is entirely the the key word, but maybe intensive racing out of these guys uh, because they'll be a little bit more on the line possibly instead of just kind of maybe laying back because the race will be shorter. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, something that we'll see. I think it's hard to get any more intense than our super bike races have been. You know, if you go back and look at a few of them, like Road America Race 1, um, there's some great battles going on. Um, you, you got, you know, the way that our rules have transpired, there's some good opportunities for privateers. We had, you know, Josh Heron, Matthew Stoltz, you know, winning some races this year, and, and I think uh, there'll be even more competition next year. So um, I think what we got going on is pretty intense as we got it. It absolutely is. How about the Triple Crown? That was... Uh... An, an interesting feature to this season. Is that something that's going to uh, continue next year? For the, the wear triple crown? Yeah. 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 Uh, we, we, uh, haven't really got that far in the planning. You know, we're, we're getting our event schedule sorted out now. And a lot of it relies on the track time. We, uh, certainly enjoy, you know, not only we but we've had, you know, AFM, uh, come participate in our races Some vintage groups come and, we like to get that element in where we got some, you know, club racing in, involved and exposed to Moto America. So, um, you know, if it's not a triple crown, hopefully we'll we'll make the opportunity to get uh, have a couple events with with the wear of folks uh, for sure. Cool. Well, that was uh, I enjoyed that aspect of it this year. And yes, I we all recognize that there were some other events beyond that where uh, other clubs were involved and. I think yeah. it is doing. I think it's doing a good service to, to both you know both uh, organizations clearly, and it just gets you know broadening of the of the fan base never hurts. No, exactly. You're right. We need a little Ozzy Osbourne. I think. Ozzy Osbourne uh, concert. Why not? Yeah, why not? We we tried Crazy uh, Train. <laughs> yeah, we we tried some not Ozzy Osbourne, but we had some country bands at Virginia. How did it go? It's, um, the music was good. The racing was good. Um, you know, I don't know if having the big band concert mixed with the race was, 
you know, quite what we expected. But, um, you know, this year we tried sort of three different, we call them tentpole events. Um, that was one of them. We had Tony Hawk was the other one. Tony that was Hawk. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and then in Sonoma, we threw in an element that was more geared towards the kids with carnivals, and we did have some music and barbecues go on and stunt shows, and and that was that was great, too. That was a lot of fun. Did it work? Did any of those things work where you go, okay, that made that the ROI is there? I think the one that probably worked the best that was the, the uh, most inexpensive to put on was what we did at Sonoma. And at the same time, we got the most compliments because there were things to do for, for little kids. There were things to do for the women that were attending. You know, the men could go watch the racing or the stunt show. And it was just a, it was a great family atmosphere. There were a lot of kids there. And I think that's something that we'll probably pursue uh, for a lot of our events next year. We touched on this on a couple times during this program that KTM and Husqvarna announced they have a little peewee coming out that's electric. Um, obviously, it's here. I had a meeting with the AMA on Sunday via phone um, in a in a conference call thing that we did, and, and they're you know they're gearing up by 2020. MX Sports, who's the promoter of Loretta Lens, is going to have a class for electric motorcycles. I don't know at what size or what level. I think it's going to be an adult class, but. We, we believe that uh, this thing is going to grow legs and it's going to be the future. Do you think that is uh, – we'll see that in road racing. And I see we've I've put us up against the clock. Do you think we're going to see electric bikes in road racing in the near two, three years? Well, already with MotoGP, they have their Moto E series starting next year. And, and yeah, I could anticipate seeing some, some electric racing uh, coming about sometime down the road. Well, Chuck, it's uh, how about we do it before – four years we'll have you back on again i'm i'm here anytime guys appreciate you guys having us on all right big thanks to you chuck axlin also thanks to jeff may dave anthony dave danny walker uh who else we have kurt nicole and cooper webb if you missed any part of it you can go back and find it at pitpassmoto.com i'm tony wink for scott casper ed Camp, pj dorn roman avila jack and leanne de Leon. this has been pit pass thanks for listening we'll see you next week May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. 
So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. <laughs>